This is Software Defined Survival, where we explore how software-defined systems are changing the business of AVIT. Today on Software Defined Survival. To me, that's not programming anymore. You know, I, I used to think that that meant you were a programmer. And the more that you start to discover what's out there and the more you learn, you realize that that's nothing more than using Microsoft Office or, or QuickBooks or something like that. So at that point, I think as a company, you have to decide, am I just going to do cookie cutter and just this is what you get? You know, I'll be the, the control for of the industry. Or are you going to be the company that stands out and custom builds and provides solutions that aren't offered? It doesn't really matter at this point whose piece of hardware it is. Could be Crestron, AMX, could be a Raspberry Pi. Who cares? Um, because at that point, what is going to happen, you're just going to end up selling the features and the software and the management and, the, and most importantly, the data is what becomes of value. Welcome back. My name is Patrick Murray and welcome back to Software Defined Survival. The tempo has been irregular, the cadence somewhat slower, but we're still at it, putting out an episode once in a while. We'll pop up there in your podcast feed when we find an interesting guest to talk to. And today, we have one of those. Um, I met today's guest through the LearnAVProgramming.com website. He signed up, I guess, a few years ago at this point and enrolled in a bunch of courses. And we recently exchanged a few emails and he's been working on some interesting stuff that I thought would be really cool to talk about on a podcast today. So please welcome... AJ Thompson. AJ, welcome. Thank you for having me. Pleasure, pleasure. Um, I usually do a little spiel about the career path on the LinkedIn profile, but why don't you do that for us today? Give us a little background about um, your AV history. Yeah, sure. So I came into the AV market about 15 years ago, uh, came from the IT industry, and I started as a wire puller. And um, from being a wire puller, I found Crestron and started doing Crestron. Um, and then, you know, I'm not the type of person that can just settle for something. So uh, as the years progressed, I started to kind of look around and see what other options were available. Um, so um, basically, I just kept progressing, getting better and better at what I did. And here I am 15 years later, I don't know, three companies later. Um, and at this point, you know, I try and stay out of simple windows as much as possible. So <laughs> I can sympathize with that. I mean, it's, it, it has its place, but um, yeah, there are times when you become aware of more modern type programming, it could be more frustrating. So let's, let's go down that path a little. How do you decide on what the tool is, what the right tool is for the job? When you're dealing with a lot of data, it's nice to use a library that's just open source and out there and ready to use. But there are also times when you just want to get in and out of a project. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I typically deal with probably 90% Crestron, um, 10% AMX, and then just a fraction of Xtron. Um, and how I approached it um, over the past probably five years was, you know, there's rinse and repeat, but at the same time, you're still having to do too much inside of simple windows. 
So I started taking the approach of, okay, um, you know, let's, let's look at using configuration files and let's just dynamically populate all this stuff. And I was able to reduce deployment times by large amounts. Um, and I've just kind of kept that same mentality. And then, uh, I think, you know, once, once you came out with those AV programming classes and I started digging into C sharp, it kind of, you know, began to open my eyes as to what was possible. Um, and then I, uh, had always wanted to be a web developer. So I, I started taking classes on Udemy and that's when I kind of discovered the wonderful world of JavaScript and just how much is at your fingertips. Um, so at this point now, um, you know, when I approach anything, the first thing that comes into my mind is, is do I have an API that will work for this? Can I build an API that will, you know, make everything do what I want it to do and just run it all from a web page because it's so much faster. Yeah, that's that's pretty um that's pretty much the the path that I've taken as well. <laughs> Once you get through this, you start you just start seeing things differently. Um it, you're no longer looking at black boxes and looking the at the back of it to see what kind of connections are on there. It's it's what is the data model? Is there an API? How am I going to connect this to something else? And um maybe do you have any uh, good examples of, of how you actually executed on that idea? Yeah, sure. So um, before I kind of came out with what uh, I just released a few weeks ago, um, I started down the path of uh, kind of building a platform agnostic kind of uh, uh, maintenance system, kind of like, you know, which, which you guys have. And um, as I started to develop that and built the API and built all my hooks in Simple Sharp and built Simple Sharp Pro programs for it, um, I started to you know go okay, well if I can do this with the management, then you know you really start to think of what else is possible. Like what can I do inside of this web app that would take me ten times longer and is not dynamic inside of a, you know, a black boxes piece of software. Um, and so that just kind of started getting me going. Um, and then probably about a year ago, uh, so I moved to doing commercial work. Uh, I was in residential, you know, most of my 15 years. Um, and as I moved into commercial, I started dealing with a lot of city state government facilities and they all have, you know, in one way, shape or form, they all vote. And what I started to discover is that the software and hardware in that space was pretty much stagnant. Um, there was no real um, thinking outside the box. There was no, uh, you know, playing with other people friendly. Um, everything was pretty much proprietary. You use our software, use our hardware. We don't give you APIs. We're not going to talk to anything you have. It's, it's us, us, us. Um, and, so I just started looking at all of the systems that were out there and just went, okay, well, I've learned, I know how to do web development. I can build an API. The room has Crestron. Okay, I'll just build my own. And so what I ended up doing was building a, a web application that manages uh, city state governments meetings, the types of meetings, the members, um, records attendance, votes, logs, all that data. 
Uh, and what I did was I just ended up using, uh, I started with simple sharp and just basically built, um, API hooks in simple sharp and made a module, uh, that allowed Crestron to basically act as an extension of the web application. So, you know, when they walk into the room, they use it just like they would use any typical Crestron system. But in the background, it's just an extension of my web app. Um, currently, I'm now in the process of moving it all to Simple Sharp Pro so that it's just as simple as just loading it into slot two uh, and providing some uh, hooks into if, if, if the room does have a simple program running, I just provide hooks. Um, and... Uh, then basically what happens is the data just goes back and forth in the background. No one's the wiser. And, uh, and that's in a nutshell how it works. Um, there's a lot that goes on in the background. Uh, I've spent, you know, a year really studying hard to learn um, JavaScript and, and all the modern technologies. So uh, mine's built on React. Uh, I just moved. Uh, I was using Firebase uh, in the initial release, and now I'm in the process of converting it over to MongoDB and GraphQL. Um, and the, the beauty is, is once you once you start down that path, and your eyes open up. I, I mean, I have a board in my room that is a Scrum board, and and everyone at my office makes fun of me because they'll they'll take little yellow sticky notes and put them up there and try and confuse me. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it's literally like, I'll just be sitting there and I'll, I'll be working on a feature and I'll finish that feature and move it over. And I'm like, okay, I moved over one yellow sticky note, but in that process, I added six more yeah. <laughs> because you know, your brain starts to, your brain starts to go and you're like, well, if, oh, if I do that, but what about all this, 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 and this, oh, we got to put that on the board. Um, so, you know, it's, that's the beauty of when you, when you decide to make the leap into the modern languages is you're no longer handcuffed. Um, the box is destroyed, basically. <laughs> Great stuff. I mean, you, you covered quite a bit there. I just want to touch on a few points to clear up the picture a little bit. This uh, voting system sounds pretty interesting. I like the way um, you recognized uh, basically an inefficiency, right? So you were working in this traditional government space. They had their solutions that they were used to using and you thought there could be a better way to do to achieve that with software. Can you kind of clear up the connection for me between the actual voting function and uh, well, you mentioned Crestron quite a bit, the AV system. Are you using the same touch panel to control the system for the voting? And that's why it goes over Crestron. Just yeah. Of- so, so kind of uh, how most systems in that space work is, you know, pretty much every council chamber room has Crestron in it. It's just the way it is. Um, but what you find is as they do voting, you'll see, oh, well, we have an iPad or we have a computer and we have to run that software from our computer or our iPad and, and there's a request to speak list in it. But, oh, by the way, it can't talk to my AV system. So what ends up happening is, you know, you'll have two touch panels in front of you. You'll have your Crestron touch panel and then you'll have your iPad and they're jumping back and forth and back and forth. And, um, it's, it's a very cumbersome, painful process. Um, so basically what I have done is merge them. So I took my application and built native modules, um, that can run on Crestron. So basically, uh, when you approach the touch panel, 
there's basically two modes. One mode is it works just like a normal council chamber. And the other mode is it completely switches and just starts running the extension of the voting application so that they don't have to have iPads and, and a touchscreen. Everything runs on one interface right in front of them. Interesting. I, I like that. So that's um, basically you're integrating, you're doing your job. That's what we do is integrate these different systems. And uh, yeah, you could compare their old solution to having the many remotes on the table or the more modern version of jumping between different apps to control mm-hmm. different systems. And that's what we do is bring all that stuff together. So it's it's nice to know that there's still opportunities laying around out there just waiting to be discovered. The other part that caught my attention when you were describing that was um, it, it sounded a little bit too easy. <laughs> and you kind of said that you studied hard for a year and that gave me a little more uh, co- um, comfort that, that you know, it sounded a little more realistic. <laughs> Talk about the process just a little bit, just to give us an idea of, you know, what, what, what the real challenges are of, of getting like something like that off the ground. I mean, the, the, the first challenge is um, dedicating yourself to the learning process. Um, you know, because if you're someone who has done, you know, Crestron and simple windows and AMX or Extron, and you decide to make the jump to web and JavaScript, it's going to basically look foreign to you. Um, if you're not used to something like that, especially once you start getting into how you config for servers and it's just a nightmare. Um, so basically what I did was I just went, you know, online. Um, I tried some free courses on YouTube to kind of see whose teaching styles I liked. And at that point I just started buying every training class I could find on Udemy. Um, cause they'll have fire sales where they'll put up, you know, classes for 10 bucks. And I just started buying them in bulk and I would work, you know, a typical, eight, nine, 10 hour day, go home and flip open the, the Mac at 11, 12 o'clock at night and take a class for two hours. And, um, I, I went for a long time without very much sleep. Um, but you know, it, you, you really have to dedicate yourself to the learning process and to not get frustrated because, uh, to me, it was like going back to, you know, knowing nothing, like just from the ground up, you know, like, Oh, okay. I guess it's time for hello world of JavaScript. Um, and what I found is, is, you know, going along with the training classes is one thing, but for me, it wasn't really until I just went, okay, I'll, I'll follow along with one or two lessons and then I'll stop the lesson. And then I'm just going to try and do it on my own. Um, and that is really when things started to click for me because, uh, you know, a lot of people will tell you that um, you, you can't just go along with a training class and do what they do. And then all of a sudden you're a web developer. It, they're right. That doesn't work. Right. Uh, you know, you have to do trial and error. Um, I know when I first started in the web stuff, uh, it was actually you that turned me on to node red. And so I was like, you know, using node red and then, as I started to learn more and more JavaScript, I went, okay, well now I'm to me, node red is like using simple windows at this point. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is great, but I'm handcuffed again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, it was a good stepping stone and it was a good learning process because you still do have to 
kind of understand JavaScript objects inside of that. But um, as you continue to learn more and more and more and step outside of your comfort zone, um, that's really when things started to click for me. And, um, you know, I, I can tell you through the whole process, there have been days and days and days where I just were trying to be figure out just one simple thing. Mm. And I would spend days on it, just racking my brain. But that feeling that you get when you finally figure it out and you, you know, you figure out that bug and you, you push it to your repository and you watch the site come live with the fix. It's, it's a, such a gratifying feeling. Um, because there's just, you know, especially for us in the AV industry, um, you know, I, I feel like that to me, simple windows is, I, I feel like I'm bashing simple windows, but, <laughs> um, to me, that's not programming anymore. You know, I, I used to think that that meant you were a programmer and the more that you start to discover what's out there and the more you learn, you realize that that's nothing more than using Microsoft office or, or QuickBooks or something like that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of my, it's kind of my, how I, how I got there was just a lot, a lot, a lot of late night training classes, uh, yours included, because I had to take yours to figure I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out the simple sharp and simple sharp pro side. <laughs> because the website was only half the equation. I, I could run it from a web page, but oh crap, I need to run it from Crestrock. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so a lot of your stuff helped me there. Um, Thanks. I appreciate that. A few takeaways. Yes, it is hard work, right? So, and it, it's not only hard work, like you need to accept the fact that you're going to suck. And then you're going to suck a little less and a little less. And at some point you'll you'll hit a curve where you're like, comfortable and you can do things. And you mentioned simple windows, you mentioned node red, you mentioned configurator tools, you know, these are all just stepping stones to, to getting better at uh, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And in this case, it's, it's being a, a software developer. I, I often wonder, you know, is there, is it inevitable for the, you know, let's just say Crestron programmers or AV programmers in general, that we're all going to have to learn these type of uh, modern software tools? Or is it just kind of a luxury for the people who really want to be at the top of their career or occupation? So this topic um, is one that I'm very torn on uh, because, I mean, and you've seen it as well in the industry. I mean, Crestron has kind of tried to do that. You know, they came out with Adagio and then they came out with the composer and then they had, you know, System Builder and it was all ways for them to try and make their stuff easy. And you see the same thing in the web world. Um, you know, there's, there's website builders that make it drag and drop. And all it is, is just a ton of JavaScript in the background. Right. Um, and to me, I think, um, I think there will always be a place for the easy stuff. Um, I don't think that's going anywhere in this industry. I think there's always going to be a place for, you know, the tier one guys in the integration company um, that need to just know how to do the basics. But I think the difference is, is the demand for learning the other technologies is not going to go away. It's just going to get greater um, because it's up to those people to build the simple stuff. So um, like all of our systems here are all designed 
designed. Uh, all the Crestron systems are just, you know, just grabbing JSON data in the background and they're all, you know, you don't ever have to remake a simple Windows file, just load it and the JSON files are what make the program. So, you know, I can, um, I can build a, a web application that basically is a form and you fill out the form, it creates the JSON file and then it, you're done. Um, and there's kind of where that divide is, is going to happen in the industry is, um, you're going to have the, always have the guys, especially in residential, you're always going to have the guys who just need something simple. It's never going to go away. Yeah. Um, but I think for the larger companies and the companies that want to stand out and succeed, you're going to have no choice but to have someone who understands modern technologies because everything is IP now. It's all going to go to the web. I mean, you see it with Crestron. Crestron's going to put HTML on their touch panels. Um, it's, it's, it's only going to become more and more prevalent in the industry. Um, so at that point, I think as a company, you have to decide, am I just going to do cookie cutter and just, this is what you get, you know, I'll be the, the control for of the industry, or are you going to be the company that stands out and custom builds and provides solutions that aren't offered? Um, because to me, once you have someone that understands modern programming languages and they get it, you realize that you can pretty much make anything you can think of. Um, so at that point, you can begin to develop things that can be used as services instead of one and done. Um, and that is where um, the change is coming in the market is the moving away from I'm installing a conference room, I'm installing a boardroom, I'll see you in three years to Here's, here's the piece of hardware. It doesn't really matter at this point whose piece of hardware it is. Could be Crestron, AMX, could be a Raspberry Pi. Who cares? Um, because at that point, what is going to happen, you're just going to end up selling the features and the software and the management and, the, and most importantly, the data is what becomes of value. Um, in, in the commercial industry, you know, there is so much data that on a daily basis is just gone. You know, these, you know, it's just once you learn to harness the power of the data and can provide info to your clients, it's game changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just recap a little. You touched on a lot of points. We kind of went from the arc of what an AV programmer's career might be, how, how they can make themselves more interesting to uh, an integration company that wants to differentiate themselves. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, see that as, you know, you could differentiate yourself by basically making your own configurator systems. And it doesn't have to be um, the next biggest product. It could be for one project where you make a configuration file for or a configuration type of a system for just to make that project easier. Uh, I think that's a really interesting thing that we will see more of. I mean, people have been trying it for, <laughs> you know, decades and, and with, with, you know, different types of success, like making these XML files and parsing them out. And it's always been a huge challenge and you get it to work, but, but managing those things are really difficult. And like you said, when you're using web technologies, it just becomes so much easier to manage. It's still a lot of work to get there, but once you're up and running, you could kind of add different fields and, and different UIs to it. And it, it's just a much more pleasant experience. <laughs> Oh, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, the beauty of the web 
technology stuff is, is especially as a developer, um, is the community. Yeah. So, I mean, the community with Crestron is my code, not yours. And <laughs> it's so terrible. Uh, and what you learn is, is as you start to do other technologies, you're like, wow, people do help each other. And there are a gazillion examples of ways to do one thing. Yeah. Um, there is no right. There is no wrong. Like, you know, I'm not going to get, uh, you know, s- signal driving errors every time I hit compile because uh, I can pretty much fly by the seat of my pants in JavaScript. Um, you get to create your own model. That's what's happening. Yeah. You can, yeah. I mean, you know, you create your own, you know, your own schemas and your own database structures and your own APIs. And it's all you. You don't have to abide by what they say. Um, and you the know. community is uh, just a completely different experience. I wouldn't say completely. There are, of course, many pleasant people in our industry. But back in the day, you know, there wouldn't be more than a few people who would walk around with a chip on their shoulders. And that, that <laughs> attitude isn't just you don't find it in, in the software development community because I guess everybody kind of realizes that there are a hundred ways to do the same thing. So how can my way be better than the other? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I go to a bunch of, you know, web technology meetups and it's just so, you know, freeing to be in a group of like 25, 30 people and everyone kind of sharing their ideas and their thoughts. And, you know, it's, it's funny, like, you know, six months ago, I'd go to one and I was the guy sitting there asking all the questions and like trying to figure out all the stuff and, um, you know, six months later, here I am and I'll, I'll see the new guy come into a meetup and then he starts asking me questions and I'm like, wow, that's cool. Like this, is, this is crazy. Like six months ago, I was that guy. Like, yeah. and, um, it, it, you just, you learn so much from each other and, and you're right. There are people in the AV side that, that do share and do that, but it is a very small fraction compared to what else is out there? So you also touched on in that, that last part we were talking about, it kind of moved into, you, you mentioned you can make anything, right? So when you have this kind of freedom, you, you look around and you see possibilities everywhere, right? And that could be a dangerous thing. So how, what kind of guidelines, like what really, let's take this voting uh, system that that you created. What What was the the tipping point there where you said, okay, I'm going to invest all this time to make this thing because I know I will get these kind of results. Because the danger is you, you spend all that time building something and it never gets used. Yeah. So kind of how I approached that was it, it literally just started with a conversation with uh, someone from a city and they had no voting system. They still raised their hands and wrote it down on a piece of paper. And then someone put it in a spreadsheet later in the day. Wow. And, um, and, and their answer was, is, well, we would love a voting system, but they're all just too expensive and it's replacing all the hardware we have and it's just not feasible. And being the person that I am, I just went, well, what if I made one for you? And, you know, they kind of perked up and I, and then, and I was like, I said, I'm, I know I'm not promising anything, but if I can, if I can make you one that's web-based and works with your existing system, would you go for it? And he's like, well, yeah, if, if, if you can show us that it would work and, and what it would look like, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, that, that kind of got the wheel started uh, because you have to be careful, especially 
you work for a company is, you know, you're still an employee. You still have responsibilities and, you know, you have to kind of, in your mind, you have to kind of make sure that what you're working on is feasible and will make money. I mean, we can all sit in the office and make nonsense. It's all day long, but the, the real trick is making sure that what you're making is a product that will fit the market. Um, there is a need for it. Uh, and that for me was the biggest thing. Uh, as I started to kind of get the wheels in motion on it, I just started going around to every city and just kind of asking questions. Hey, if, you know, something like this existed, would you like it? And, um, you know, and then I just started kind of, I would just make an HTML template. It was completely smoke and mirrors. I just, it was just, an, it was just a web page. There was nothing really happening. And I'm like, okay, this might be what it looks like. What do you think? Um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, so, you know, that it's just at that point, once you, uh, we, we call it setting the hook here. That's, that's kind of our term. Um, because, you know, I, I have a lot of out there ideas from time to time. Um, and sometimes those ideas have literally nothing behind it. It's just me just coming up with something. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's real. But if you don't try and you don't see if interest is there, then you never really know. Um, and to me, that is the biggest thing is, is, is if you don't try, you never know. Thanks for that. What I take away is, I mean, the first thing you said was having conversations. So that customer development part is really critical. Talking to people, just finding out if you're crazy or not, showing them a fake UI, I think is a great tactic. But uh, in the end, it is a leap of faith and and kind of a decision. You got to use your gut to decide for. Oh, 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 trust me. I learned that leap of faith real quick when the first purchase order came in and I went, uh, wait, okay. So now I have to really spin up a server. I have to really do all this stuff. Like I, I can't just keep rid of the demo on my Mac. <laughs> yeah. But you had a purchase order. So that's, yeah. Yeah. The, that's once the purchase order came in, it was like, okay, now we're, now it's really go time. Ideal valid. Your idea was validated. <laughs> yes, it was. And it actually, uh, the first meeting was Tuesday of this week. Um, and it was a surreal feeling to sit there and watch, you know, something that was literally just a concept in my brain um, to watch it being used in real time and, um, you know, getting the feedback from the council uh, was just, it's, it's a feeling that, that you just don't get from being a regular AD programmer uh, because you're, you're doing something that to me feels way above and beyond a typical AV system. Very cool. So if anybody else would like to have that feeling, what's some advice you have for them to get started? Um, so I would say if you want the freeway, um, YouTube and um, Stack Exchange, um, YouTube, there are some really good uh, training videos out there. Um, for me, you know, if, if you want to do the web stuff, um, you, and you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that, you know, I'll go, Oh, okay. I, I know the basics. I'll jump to the advanced. Yeah. Don't do that in web. That does not work. <laughs> um, <laughs> it might, it might feel like a tedious process in the beginning, but trust me, it's worth it. Once you get, you know, three, four months down the line, you're like, uh, maybe I should have listened. Maybe I should have taken that basics course. Um, you know, it's, 
to me, the most important thing for me was first learning Node.js and all the ins and outs of it. And I learned that through YouTube and uh, Udemy. Um, some of my favorite teachers on that is a, um, a guy called Academind. Um, I don't... He, he has a great accent. And to me, like teachers with accents like, help me pay attention. Um, especially when you're taking the classes at 11 o'clock at night, like, you know, you're, you're pretty burnt by that point. So whatever can kind of keep me interested, um, works for me. Uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, and a lot of people like, uh, Mosh, um, uh, I've taken, you know, plenty of his stuff for C sharp. Uh, he, he helped me kind of with the, the basics of C sharp. Uh, and again, all this stuff is, is, you know, the, if if I, I wish that I had access to all the training that's available on the internet now, like ten years ago. Yeah, start earlier. Yeah. yeah, because it's you know, there's so much training out there, and for such little prices. I mean, you know, there are things that exist like coding dojos, and you know, uh, you know, come sit with us for, for six months and you know, basically just sit in front of a computer and code. But the reality is for us in the industry, that's just not possible. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think grand total, maybe I've spent like two or $300 on classes uh, and I've learned a completely new, you know, a, a new aspect of my life and my career path for two or $300. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can't fly to New Jersey for for that kind of money. No, 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 you can't, and you can't learn that in New Jersey either. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any uh, final thoughts for us? Um, I think my final thoughts would be that you know, for anyone interested in in in, in doing it, I would say just take the leap. Um, and commit yourself. Um, and you know, the reward in the end is so worth it. And at the same time, you will make yourself so much more valuable in the industry because it's inevitable. People with those skill sets are going to be needed. There aren't very many of us in that, in, in the industry right now. So, um, you know, I, I would say just, just take, just take the leap. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of learning out there. Uh, obviously, you know, you've been, uh, you've been one of my, my biggest, uh, I always out your, your website whenever I can. Um, cause I'll get questions from time to time. Hey, how'd you learn how to do simple sharp or simple sharp pro? And every time I just write to your website, <laughs> this is the guy, this is where you want to learn. Um, thanks. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> even if it's just a simple, even if you don't want to do web technology, I mean, you to learn Simple Sharp and Simple Sharp Pro, I think is pretty much mandatory at this point. And if you're an Extron guy, learn Python because all their stuff runs on Python. It's so much better to learn that stuff and to, to further your knowledge. Um, and it's so rewarding in the end. Uh, you may have very large bags under your eyes, but it's rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I guess um, if, if this is your career, if you are an AV programmer, there really isn't much stopping you from just giving it a try, just getting started, because most of this stuff can even run on your laptop. So yeah, I think with AJ, I'll just back it up. Just 
get out there and give it a try. And, um, and you'll find out sooner or later if, if you're going to want to stick with it long enough to, uh, for it to become something. Yeah. A raspberry Pi is much cheaper than a Crestron processor to test on. <laughs> there you go. So if anybody would like to get in touch with you or learn more about your company or your voting system, how would they go about doing that? Uh, yeah, sure. So I, uh, I work out of South Lake, Texas, and I work for a company called Digital Resources. Um, we're a commercial integration company. Um, you can My email is uh, ajthompson at digitalresources.com. Uh, if you shoot me an email, I'm pretty, uh, pretty responsive for the most part because um, I, I don't think my hands ever leave my keyboard for the, throughout the day. <laughs> um, the beauty of, of Messenger and uh, uh, Skype for Business and Zoom and all those things. Um, and... Uh, as of right now, the voting application is proprietary. Um, it is exclusive to the company I work for, but we are actually um, considering uh, maybe a year, year and a half from now, uh, making it commercially available. So uh, once once that does happen, I will make an announcement and, and let it be known. But yeah, uh, but if anyone has questions or wants to learn or anything like that, I'm more than happy to help. Great stuff. I've got one tip for you. Block out two to three, 20 to 30 minute sessions a day where you turn off all those messaging things and have a very uh, explicit goal. You'll get a lot done. <laughs> I do hit mute um, or, or mute messages or just say I'm offline because otherwise it just dings all day long. Exactly. All right, AJ. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. If you or anyone on your staff ever considered themselves just an AV programmer, Join the club. That's how I used to feel. I was just an AMX programmer or just a Crestron programmer. Whatever language of your choice is, whatever it may be, there's generally this feeling in AV that we're not capable of using modern programming languages. And it simply isn't true. Sure, there's a learning curve, but once you get through it, all other languages become easier to learn and it just expands the amount of options you have when designing a system. It's not an either-or decision. You don't say, I won't be using these manufacturer tools anymore. It's just you have a broader palette to choose from. And here's what Mark Day, founder of Ideabox, had to say about his experience with the online courses at learnavprogramming.com. You know, Patrick, it's funny how the smallest things can sometimes be the start of really big ideas. Uh, before I took the learnavprogramming.com courses... I was in that proprietary, I'm only a control system programmer kind of mindset, right? Uh, when it came to new technologies or current technologies like JavaScript or, or things like that, for some reason, I thought that was different from what I'm doing. And what taking your courses flipped for me was not so much what I learned technically taking the courses. It was the mindset of, oh, wait a second, I'm already doing 99% of what some of these most modern programmers are doing. I just have to learn, uh, you know, the other 1%. And that's really what I did. So it's really been kind of a big change after taking the course. Um, and I would really recommend this course to any integrator. Not only will it obviously help their skill set, but more importantly, it might change their whole mindset uh, which is more important and, and, and really show them new opportunities, open the door so they kind of see problems through a different lens. Uh, I got to tell you, one of the, 
the biggest changes for me was as soon as I taught myself HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and saw the UIs that I can make with those technologies, I, I, I just couldn't sell a uh, Crestron touch panel again. Mark is a great example of somebody who takes new information and really applies it. I know that Mark still sells a lot of Crestron equipment, but for him, for his company, for his customers, for his business, he needed a better UI. He needed another option for a user interface, and modern programming allowed him to do that. So the question is, how can you use modern programming to improve your business? Please go to learnavprogramming.com, and wherever you see a sign-up button, go ahead and sign up, and you'll get some free information to get a feel of my learning style and what kind of information is available. And of course, it would be an honor to have you enroll in one of our courses and help you upgrade your skills and take this industry to the next level. Thanks for listening to Software Defined Survival. I hope you found it useful, and maybe it inspires you to try out something new this week. If you have any questions, Go to softwaredefinedsurvival.com and click the appropriate button. I'd love to answer your questions on the air. And if you'd like to help spread the word, please subscribe, comment, and share it with your friends. Thanks.